Welcome to In Clear Terms with AARP California. Conversations on issues impacting Californians of all ages. Here's your host, Theon Gordon. Welcome to In Clear Terms with AARP California. Join us as we dive into issues and policies that impact Californians of all ages, but particularly older adults. I am an AARP volunteer and your host, Dr. Theon Gordon. Today, we will talk with Lee Purvis, AARP's Director of Healthcare Costs and Access. She spent years studying the pharmaceutical industry and its pricing practices. We'll also learn how AARP, a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization that works on behalf of 3.3 million members in California, is working to ensure older adults and people of all ages get fair pricing on pharmaceuticals. Lee Purvis, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's jump right in. Can you tell us a little bit about you and your work? Sure. So I'm a member of AARP's Public Policy Institute. And I think the shortest way to describe that is kind of AARP's internal think tank. So we're a group of about 60 experts that are responsible for public policy research and analysis. And we publish on a wide variety of topics, including AARP priorities and then also other issues that are important to older Americans. And my role within that is to help head up our health team, which works on a variety of health-related issues like Medicare and Medicaid. And I'm also responsible for AARP's policy around prescription drug issues like pricing and Medicare Part D. Okay. Well, that's a lot. That's a mouthful. Sounds like you have a lot of different roles. But, you know, Lee, consumers all across America have to choose many times on a daily basis between either filling a life-saving prescription or paying rent, or buying food, or affording other critical essentials. It almost seems outrageous for Americans to be paying more than three times what people in other countries pay for some medicines. Let's just start with a question that I think most Americans would like to ask and understand in clear terms, just why are prescription drugs priced so high in this country? So as you can probably imagine, I get that question a lot. And I have a very short answer, which is that there's really nothing in the U.S. healthcare system to stop prescription drug companies from setting those high prices and then increasing them anytime they want. For people who really want to know the nuts and bolts of it, though, there's actually a three-part answer. One, of course, is just the prices. You look back to, say, 1990, everyone was really upset about this drug that cost $10,000 per year. Last year, the most expensive drug in the United States was $86,000 per month. So we have seen a remarkable amount of growth in just the prices of these products when they come on the market. The other thing that's really important is, unfortunately, this is just the start. When we look at what is in the pipeline for those drugs that are coming down the pike, what we're seeing is a lot of them are going to command even higher prices. Great example you may have heard of are orphan drugs, which are for conditions that only affect about 200,000 people. So they really are a small patient population. Those drugs come on the market with prices on average of $150,000 per year. So they're incredibly expensive. And we're seeing those types of drugs really being the focus of where manufacturers are going in the future. So the price that I mentioned at the beginning, unfortunately, is going to probably look pretty quaint in a very short period of time. That is just Absurd. It, it sounds absolutely absurd. I, I can't imagine someone having to choose and, and actually 
pay that amount of money for a prescription. And unfortunately, what we're hearing about is that some people are choosing not to take their prescription drugs for even conditions like cancer, which have huge implications, obviously, for not treating. But when you're facing the prospect of a drug that costs more than your house, you are seeing people that are walking away, even with healthcare coverage. It is just far too expensive for, I think, virtually anyone. And that is a huge part of the problem that we're facing is that these drugs are important, but people aren't able to access them because of the prices that are being charged. So what do we do? What is alternative? Is there an alternative? Well, that is unfortunately a big part of the challenge is that you, in some instances, don't have an alternative. And I hear from patients who are really struggling with that, where they're saying, you know, I have this condition that needs to be treated, but I can't afford it and I can't work to afford it. And so they're stuck in these situations that they just simply cannot afford the drugs they need to get and stay healthy. So that is a large part of why pricing is so important because we do hear about more and more people who are facing those decisions. Now, there are some options for people who are facing those high costs. You know, there are, for example, patient assistance programs and drug manufacturers, but they can be hard to access. For people who are under Medicare Part D, there's something called the low-income subsidy, and that can really decrease your costs and your premiums if you qualify. But again, we just have far too many people who are facing these high prices and either choosing to go without or, like to your point, having to make those tough choices between do you pay for your medicine or do you pay for other really important things like your rent or your food. And all of these drugs that we're talking about, they are FDA approved, correct? And, it, and is there a process in FDA that actually does any regulation on the cost? FDA does not consider cost. It is looking at whether these drugs are safe and effective. We actually don't do really any comparisons on prescription drugs. One thing that has really struck me is that FDA doesn't even compare new drugs to existing drugs, which is something that happens in other countries and gives them a better idea of whether the prices that are being charged are quote unquote worth it. Right now, we're being charged ever higher prices for drugs that may not be any better than a generic that's already on the market. And the fact that we can't answer that question is a huge problem. Um, so while FDA is obviously there to make sure that the drugs that we do have access to are safe, they're, you're not, you're not going to hurt anyone, and they work, the reality is we don't have a lot of answers that would be really important to help get those prices down. Especially when considering, as you just said, it, it's different in other countries. I have a friend I was visiting in Prague, and he shared a story with me about coming back home. He's actually from America, but he was living in Prague. He came home to America during the holidays and had an asthma attack and did not have his asthma medication with him. And so his family took him to an urgent care center and he literally had to stop his trip, end his trip early so that he could go back home because he couldn't afford the asthma medication that he needed to keep himself alive, to breathe. He literally had to go back to Prague early not being able to breathe in America. I can understand, and I'm thinking at this point, this may be why the issue is so important to AARP. Can you shed some light on how AARP sees this and why it's important? Absolutely. Um, you kind of alluded to, to one of the most important factors for us, which is the fact that older Americans use a lot of prescription drugs, more so than any other segment of the population. And they also tend to use them for chronic conditions. So when we are talking about members who are struggling to afford their prescription drugs, it's not a one-time cost for them. That's something that they will be facing every year for the rest of their lives. Something else that's really important to keep in mind is that Medicare beneficiaries have relatively limited assets. The median income is just under $30,000 per year, and one in four have less than $8,500 in savings. So we're really talking about a population that simply cannot afford high-priced prescription drugs. 
And that kind of goes back to why we're hearing about so many of them who are having to make those tough decisions or deciding to walk away entirely. So we have a population that can't afford to pay for the high drugs, uh, high prescriptions, and we have growing drug prices. What can AARP do to help make a difference in this or to make a change? So AARP is strongly supportive of a lot of proposals that are actually currently on the table in Congress. One of the most important is allowing Medicare to negotiate on behalf of its enrollees. Right now, Medicare Part D cannot negotiate on behalf of the almost 50 million enrollees that are in that program. And allowing Medicare to engage and really negotiate effectively would do a lot to help bring down prescription drug prices. We're also interested in things like penalizing drug companies that increase their prices faster than inflation. Um, a lot of people don't recognize they get outraged by that one story about a drug that increases price 10%, but what they don't recognize is it happened last year too. And so getting to that type of behavior where they're increasing those prices year after year and penalizing them when they increase them faster than inflation is something else that's on the table. So lots of different ideas out there that AARP is strongly supportive of that will help address both what people are paying at the pharmacy counter and then also the prices of the products themselves. Tell me a little bit more about what you mean when you say letting Medicare negotiate for the lower drug prices. How would we go about doing that? So what is being considered right now would be allowing the program to negotiate with a limited number of drug manufacturers for those drugs that really cost the program a lot of money. What is happening right now under the program is that we have thousands of Medicare Part D plans that are negotiating individually, but they don't have that same negotiating power as Medicare representing everyone. And so when you allow Medicare to negotiate on behalf of everyone, they can drive a much better bargain than an individual plan that doesn't represent nearly as many people. And that's the type of change that we think can have a real meaningful impact for the people who are in Medicare who are currently facing those high prices. It sounds like a, a lot of work that has to be done at the local level first and then moving into the congressional level. How do AARP community, how do we play a part in this? What can we do? I think the most important thing for anyone to do is to make sure that your voice is heard. Policymakers need to hear from people who are really struggling with high prescription drug prices. And they need to hear that they need solutions. They need meaningful solutions. This is really a pocketbook issue. You can't tell someone you've lowered prescription drug prices and not actually do it because they're going to go to the pharmacy and find out for themselves. So it's really important to engage with policymakers, make sure your voice is heard. And then also anyone who wants to really engage with AARP and its ongoing efforts can certainly go to aarp.org rx. There's a lot of information there to help people learn a little bit more about the issue, but then also find out how they can engage with us as we continue our work on this issue as well. So aarp.org forward slash rx would put you in a position to see some of the things that are going on and to engage further. As we think about engaging further in what we can do, what are some of the challenges that we're facing? This is definitely a complicated issue. I have been working on this issue at AERP for 17 years. There is definitely a lot of change that is needed. This is a this is a career choice for me. I think one of the most important things to keep in mind is that drug companies have a lot of pricing power. I mentioned at the beginning how drug companies can just set those high prices and increase them. And, and that is the reality of what type of power we've given them. And we're seeing the consequences of that decision. Something else that's really important to keep in mind is that unlike other countries, the U.S. has a fairly fragmented healthcare system. So there are some challenges there in that if you address prescription drug prices in one part of the healthcare system, drug companies are still free to increase prices for other parts of the system. And it leads to kind of a squeezing of the balloon. And that can make it challenging as well. 
I would be remiss if I did not mention the fact that the drug lobby is incredibly well-funded and incredibly effective. And they have really come up with some very strong arguments against making changes to the system. And I'm sure a lot of people have heard those before saying things like, oh, we need money for research and development, or we need money for innovation. The reality is those arguments are, there's a very easy way to push back on them, but they use them to great effect. They use them kind of as a scare tactic. And that unfortunately can kind of stymie change as well. There sounds like a lot of challenges that we're dealing with right now, and many of them difficult to push back on, but we definitely can do some pushback. When we talk about the the prices being higher in the pharmaceutical industry, does any of it have to do with research and development? Is that true? Where is this coming from? Drug companies do a fair amount of research and development. But I think what a lot of people don't know is how much taxpayer money goes into the type of research that ultimately leads to new prescription drugs. A really good example of that is the fact that the NIH, National Institutes of Health, funding played a role in all 356 drugs that were approved between 2010 and 2019. So a lot of that basic research is being performed with taxpayer money. It's also important to keep in mind that drug companies actually have been spending more on stock buybacks, dividends, and executive compensation than they have on R&D. So the reality is there's a lot of money flowing through those companies that could potentially be going towards R&D even if prices were to be reduced. So the research and development is being done, but there's more money spent on other things, stock buybacks you mentioned, uh, dividends, executive compensation, than on that. So what are the prices supporting? I would hate to think that the prices are only supporting those three things and that we're just talking about big pharma keeping money in their pocket. What is it supporting? I mean, they they are very big businesses, but they do answer to shareholders. And I think we can't lose sight of the fact that they are driven by money and profit. So even though research and development is an important part of the work that they do, there's a lot going on that isn't necessarily playing a role in what we would expect to see from a drug company that theoretically exists to develop drugs. And that's where you kind of get to those numbers where they're spending less on R&D, they're spending a lot of money on marketing, they're spending a lot of money on stockholder type behaviors. So yeah, there are definitely some questions about how that money is being spent. Are there innovative ways that we can look at healthcare uh, now, naturopathic medicine, different ways of treating some of these illnesses, especially for the, the older community? What else can we look at? I think there's a lot of interest in looking at alternative medicine, even more so than there was, you know, even just a few decades prior. I think the challenge, at least from our perspective, has been that some of those alternative medicines don't necessarily work with the prescription drugs that you're taking. So we always try to bring it back to making sure that you have a healthcare provider involved when you're making those types of decisions to make sure that everything is working effectively together and you're not potentially creating a problem for yourself by by going down that path. But yes, that is certainly something that people have considered and are looking into. Well, lowering prescription drug prices has widespread support among voters, regardless of party affiliation. So that's not an area that we argue on. And AARP surveys, a survey of voters found that a strong majority of voters want Congress to act on the issue. 70% say that it's very important. The survey also found that 87% of voters support allowing Medicare to negotiate prescription drug prices. This is all great information. And I know you've shared with us the aarp.org forward slash rx website. But how can our listeners really get involved in fighting 
for lower drug prices. I think you really hit the nail on the head by raising the fact that this is such an important issue for so many people. I always like to point out that given the current state of our country, there are very few things that have such high bipartisan support. Survey after survey, you have roughly 90% of respondents saying, we've got to do something about prescription drug prices. We support these efforts to, for example, engage in Medicare negotiation. This is a really important issue for so many people. And to your point, so many people are supportive of doing something. So for those people that are within that group, that within that 90%, you know, call your senators and tell them that this is the time. This is when we have to do something about high prescription drug prices. They can speak to, you know, ideas like Medicare negotiation, because that is something that is being considered at this very moment that I think could have a real meaningful impact. But making sure that your voice is heard, making sure that policymakers hear this is an important issue. You know that, you know, things are being considered that would be helpful and you strongly support them getting involved and supporting that issue on your behalf. Lee, I understand AARP is always doing work on behalf of, especially in our in our California area, on behalf of its members. But tell us a little bit about this Fair Prescription Pricing Now campaign that AARP is waging to lower the cost of prescription drugs. Absolutely. So this is a really big campaign, even for AARP. And it's because we know how much this issue matters to our members. And we also recognize that this really is a good time for us to be engaging on this issue. The political winds are moving in the right direction. We know that people understand something needs to be done. So we've been heavily involved in advertising. We've been working at the state level. We've been working at the federal level. We've been releasing research. I mean, you name it, we have been doing it. And it's really all in an effort to push policymakers to finally do something about high prescription drug prices. And as part of that, we have a number of proposals that we strongly support that also happen to be kind of in play in Congress in Washington, D.C. So one of those options is Medicare negotiation, allowing Medicare to negotiate on behalf of its enrollees um, to try to bring prices down. Another is creating a hard out-of-pocket cap under Medicare Part D. A lot of people don't recognize that Medicare Part D doesn't just limit your cost sharing once you reach a certain threshold. You actually have to continue spending And that's resulted in some people having cost sharing of $10,000 a year more, which is obviously a lot of money for anyone, but especially for Medicare beneficiaries and their median income of just around $30,000 per year. Something else we strongly support is penalizing drug companies who increase their prices faster than inflation. We have a lot of evidence that drug companies will just relentlessly increase the prices of their products every year on the market. So from trying to encourage drug companies not to engage in that type of behavior, we think is really important. And something else we've been seeing a lot of activity around is trying to limit cost sharing for insulin. There's been a lot of talk about limiting cost sharing to $35 per prescription. And we do think that uh, addressing both price and cost is incredibly important when we're talking about high prescription drug prices. Well, this sounds like an exciting campaign, and I look forward to seeing more on it. Now, I do want to get a little clearer on some of the things that are a part of this campaign. I understand the Medicare to negotiate prices. I asked you about that a little earlier and penalizing drug makers for raising their prices more than the rate of inflation. Excellent idea. Yes, let's do that. Tell us a little bit more about Medicare Part D. In clear terms, what is Medicare Part D? So Medicare Part D is a really important part of Medicare, and it's what covers prescription drugs that you pick up at the pharmacy counter, called outpatient drugs. And there are a lot of different plans that are available to people, over 20, in fact, that you could just look out for. And they come in at two types. One is a standalone Medicare Part D plan, and that only covers prescription drugs. 
And then another is a Part D plan that's kind of part of a larger Medicare Advantage plan. And that's how people get their coverage for prescription drugs that they pick up at the pharmacy, all under the umbrella of Medicare Part D. The challenge with Medicare Part D is that we're seeing a lot of high cost sharing. I mentioned that there's no out-of-pocket limit, and that's when you have people who are taking these remarkably expensive drugs and spending thousands and thousands of dollars on cost sharing. But we're also seeing a lot of something called coinsurance, which is where you pay a percentage of the drug's price instead of paying a flat copayment. And that's when you start seeing that incredibly high cost sharing as well. So there are definitely some challenges under the program. And those are the types of things that we're trying to fix as part of this larger reform effort. Oh, thank you for making that clearer to us, Lee. That's fantastic. That's what we really want to get to the heart of some of these matters. Now, I have another question for you in regards to the disparities that happen many times with people of color. Can you tell us a little bit about how that impacts or what that looks like in terms of prescription drugs, in terms of disparities? Yeah, to the extent that there are disparities in the U.S. system, whether it's healthcare or otherwise, you see those reflected in prescription drugs as well. The people who are unable to access healthcare coverage who makes prescription drugs too expensive, or you see people with inadequate coverage and that can make it too expensive to access your drugs as well. And, and that obviously creates challenges in people being able to access the care that they need. And so those are the types of issues that also will be addressed. If you bring down prices for some people, you'll bring them down for everyone. And that can help start to address the other disparities that we're seeing as part of the healthcare system. Thank you for sharing those stats with us. I understand that many times the disparities also happen with different types of illnesses. For example, when we talk about diabetes, you mentioned the insulin cost and things like that. Can you shed a little more light on that if there's some medications that are even more more costly in regards to what the illness is? Absolutely. We have seen a lot of activity in the insulin space. And there are conditions, as you said, that predominantly affect people of color. And that is where we have seen some disparities being created as well, because to the extent that those drugs are more expensive or less available, that will naturally affect the patient population, which leads to disparities as well. So yes, there are a lot of different issues that are highlighted in the prescription drug space that we see elsewhere. And that again, gets to the need for a solution. Thanks so much for shedding light on all these issues. I know it's so helpful to get it in clear terms of how it works. Absolutely. I think this is an incredibly important issue for absolutely everyone, as I mentioned previously. And I do think that resolving some of the issues in the prescription drug space can hopefully lead to better outcomes for everyone across the board. Lee, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of In Clear Terms with AARP California. Is there anything else you would like to add before we wrap things up? There is one thing that I feel like I always have to share when I'm talking about this issue, and that is that high prescription drug prices are really an issue that touch absolutely everyone. You're either paying for them at the pharmacy counter, you're paying for them if you have healthcare coverage because your premiums and your cost sharing are going towards high price prescription drugs. And you're also paying as a taxpayer because publicly funded programs like Medicare pay for prescription drugs. So your taxes are going towards those high prescription drug prices as well. So Everyone listening is being touched by high prescription drug prices, which makes it all the more important for us to do something about it today. Well, Lee, we really appreciate you coming on the show with us today. And let's just make sure our listeners understand where they can make a difference. If we want to stay up to date on AARP's advocacy efforts in California and in Washington, D.C., where can they visit? 
Anyone who wants to learn more about this issue or AARP's ongoing work around it should go to aarp.org slash rx. Perfect. Perfect. So that is aarp.org forward slash rx. And then I believe there's another aarp.org forward slash get involved to actually get involved in some of the work that's being done. Lee, thank you for joining us today. We will catch you back at another time. We have to have you return. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Thanks again on learning about AARP's efforts on lowering prescription drug prices. You can visit aarp.org forward slash rx in order to learn more about that. Or if you want to stay up to date on AARP's advocacy efforts in California and in Washington, D.C., visit aarp.org forward slash get involved. In future episodes, we look forward to hosting experts whom can shed light on critical issues in our state, keep you informed in how AARP California is working to ensure the voices of those ages 50 plus are heard and how you, our listeners, can learn more and act on these important decisions. Thank you for listening.